continuing our epistle this morning. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in all his deeds. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Today, as uh, Father mentioned, we celebrate Rogation Sunday. And when I first became an Anglican, I wondered what does Rogation mean? And as he uh, explained, it's from the Latin word rogari. And it uh, means to ask of God prayers of mercy and protection from the evils of this world. And in Western Christianity, uh, there are days of prayer and fasting prior to a major feast day, which we've already talked about, Ascension. Well, in the early and Middle Ages, the Rogation days prior to the feast day were observed by uh, uh, fasting. And in preparation, the farmers and merchants would have their crops and businesses blessed by the priest. And in our gospel this morning, that we have been absorbed with these past three weeks from chapter 16 of the Gospel of John, Jesus speaks to his disciples at the Last Supper. And among other things, he speaks to them about his return to the Father, his ascension. And uh, Jesus gives his final instructions before crucifixion. And at the Last Supper, his disciples have a clear vision of Jesus, but still not too clear. Obviously, his mission will be known much later. At the resurrection, later Pentecost, and finally at the ascension. That begs the question, why is the ascension so important that we prepare for it on this Rogation Sunday? I quote Oswald Chambers, quote, Christ's cross is the door by which every member of the human race can enter into the life of God. By his resurrection, Christ has the right to give eternal life to anyone. And by his ascension, our Lord entered heaven, keeping the door open for humanity. From the ascension forward, he is now known as the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And as his children, that's you and I, a child of the king, we are to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. Today in our epistle, James gives us that same message, being doers of the word and not just hearers. The book of James is probably the most practical book in the New Testament. In fact, the entire book of James is a practical application of the principles of the Sermon of the Mount. 
James wrote this book for Gentiles and Jews who had just been converted to the Christian faith. New members of the faith were constantly being tempted to revert to the ways that they lived before their conversion. But we also need help today in living our Christian lives in a post-Christian culture and secular society. Even those of us who have been Christian all our lives need lots of help. James was a pragmatic sort of fellow. He saw clearly that most people are not moved by theoretical or theological persuasion alone, but are looking for practical answers, for purpose and meaning in life, and for direction amid ethical problems and challenges and living in a pagan society. James' message is not salvation by works, but rather a salvation for works, to do good works. It is the living out of our genuine faith. Beloved, there comes a time when we need to put into practice what we have heard. And that's what James means when he tells us to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive ourselves. What we read and what we hear in the gospel must be lived out. James offers an illustration to help us with this crucial point. The scripture says, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his own face in a mirror. He sees himself, then goes off and promptly forgets what he looked like. But the one who peers into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres and is not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, such a one shall be blessed in what he does. James provides an image of how we deceive ourselves by self-observation in a mirror. When we look into a mirror, we see all the imperfections, all the blemishes, all the problems. If the user forgets what is seen in the mirror, the situation cannot be corrected. Things will remain in disarray. Likewise, we deceive ourselves when we simply listen to the word and do not act upon it. Earlier in the same chapter, James provides more important advice on one's preparation to be good doers of the word. He says we cannot be active doers if we are always speaking, in that we must bridle our tongues and be good listeners. In other words, he says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for these produce godly righteousness. I can remember vividly as a young boy being educated in a parochial school. This is back in the 50s and 60s for context. My teacher, a devout nun with a Marine Corps ethos and a 12-inch ruler as a weapon, <laughs> would always remind us, God gave us two ears and one mouth, so we should listen twice as much as we speak. James, I am sure, would say the same exact thing. One of the most successful probation programs in the United States was started by Judge Leanhouts, no relation, in Michigan in the 1960s. He tells of a time he had listened to a young delinquent prisoner pour out his tale of woe for an hour without saying a word. And at the end of this time, the young man said to him, thank you so very much, your honor. You have been the greatest help of anyone I've ever known, no one ever has taken the time to listen to me. By this act of compassion, listening, 
the judge was saying, you are important. Important enough for me to take an hour out of my time to listen to you. Your words and message are of concern to me. James goes on to give us practical applications of our faith by saying, quote, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart and his religion is in vain. In other words, be slow to speak. Think twice before you speak and then stop to reconsider. Words are powerful and can be hurtful. Once they are spoken, we cannot take them back. Examine your speech as if you yourself were hearing it. How many of us regret words we should never have said? Show of hands. Look around you. We all have our hands raised this time. So we're all sinners. We're all saved by grace, right? Amen. The practical side of our faith is indeed easy to talk the talk. But it's difficult to walk the walk without the help of the Holy Spirit. In this day of abundant speech, we are told to examine the nature of our language. Is it unneeded? Or do those around us feel blessed and benefited by our words? The gift of speech as a Christian carries with it obligations. The power of speech differentiates us from the lower animals. Yet the misuse of it can degrade us lower than any animal. Our speech is one of the most revealing aspects of our personality. Proverbs 13 says, Those who guard their mouth preserve themselves. Those who open wide their lips bring ruin. Finally, James tells us, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this to care for orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Orphans and widows in Jesus' day were generally abandoned and left to survive on their own. There were no orphanages or assisted living facilities or public infrastructures and programs that cared for those who were marginalized, poor, indigent, or needy. The fate of an organ or widow Orphan or widow was up to those who walked the walk. James is telling us that those who care for the orphans and widows are examples of one who practices their faith by putting it into action with those who need it the most. The tongue is used sparingly, but love is to be given in large doses. This also fulfills the greatest commandment. Love God with your whole heart and soul and mind, and the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so why is the ascension so important? Well, Christ ascended into heaven and he left the door open for each of us. We are his children on this earth. We are to be his hands, his feet, his ears, and his eyes. Christ-likeness, just like him. 
as the familiar hymn goes, they know we are Christians by how we love. May we all have the grace to walk the walk, to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.